not make today the day you begin to finish strong. Welcome to the Finishing Strong Podcast. Join Pastor Mike Hendon for an insightful discussion on how to begin from wherever you are to the goal of finishing strong in life, in relationships, and in faith. Today, I want to talk to you about talking to yourself. You're taking a discouraging, even depressing situation, and you are framing it in your own mind and heart in a way that you can come against the discouragement, come against the depression, come against the opposition of your life in a way to come back and rebound and finish strong. Because discouragement, as we talked about last week in its three different forms, can mildly discourage you and and give you a problem, or it can can greatly disable you and cause you to stop and give up and quit. And so in that, we talked about David's experience of how he had led his army of 400 valiant men off into a conquest, comes back to Ziklag where their camp had been set up, and there they found the Amalekites had marched into the camp, taken their wives, took their children, took all their possessions, set the city on fire, and then left. And when David got there with his men, they uh, threatened to stone him because they were so discouraged and so so just angry over uh, what had happened there. And and that's where in Second Samuel, it says David encouraged himself in the Lord. It was like the worst day of their lives. They had fought many battles, been on many battlefields, went through many things. But this was seemingly the, the worst day of their life. And so it took a lot to get them through this. And especially it took David's leadership to walk them into the next phase where they could go and get their wives back, get their children back, and actually the Bible says they recovered all, A-L-L. They got it all back and didn't lose anything. But it took a tremendous amount of strength and inner fortitude for David to encourage himself and to get back up and keep going in the face of tremendous setbacks. I want to share with you today a little bit of an interview that was done with Rick Warren. Rick Warren is pastor of Saddleback Church in in California, ministers to, I don't know, somewhere around 40,000 people on a weekend. But even Rick Warren had a really, really bad day. And I want to, I want you to hear this in his own words rather than me tell the story. Listen to the clip and I'll be back in a minute. Many of you know that two years ago, my youngest son took his life. After a 27-year battle with mental illness, it was the worst day of my life. It was the day that I prayed would never happen, and it was the day that I had feared would happen. Matthew was born with mental illness. He was brilliant. He was a brilliant young man. Tender heart, tortured mind. Some of you struggle with mental illness, and I, I want to remove the stigma from it right now. You know, if, I, if my heart stops working and I take a pill for it, there's no shame in that. If my liver stops working and I take a pill for that, there's no shame in that. If my spleen stops working and I take a pill for that, there's no shame in that. Why is it if my brain stops working and I take a pill for it, I'm supposed to keep a secret? And uh, Matthew, when he came to me at 17 years of age, in tears, and he said, Dad, um, it's real obvious I'm not gonna be healed. We've had the best prayer warriors, the best intercessors. 
deliverance people, everybody in the world. We've had the best doctors, the best therapists. We've gone to the best universities. And he says, it's real, real clear. I'm, I'm not going to be healed of my mental uh, illness. Why can't I just die and go to heaven? Do you know how gut-wrenching that is for a father to hear a child say that? And I had to say, Matthew, I understand your pain, but as a father, I cannot give up hope. I have to believe that either A, you will be healed miraculously, or B, you will find a way to manage the illness the rest of your life. He made it 10 more years. He was the most courageous young man I've ever met. Every day would get up and face his pain and keep going and keep going and keep going. The week that Matthew died is what I called the battle for hope. It was the week after Easter. That Easter, I had done 14 services to nearly 60,000 people in attendance. About 4,000 people had come to Christ. It was a big victory, and I had preached on the hope of the resurrection. Monday, I got up and I announced that I was going to write the first book, and I'm in it right now, uh, since Purpose Driven Life, and it's called The Hope You Need. Tuesday, I got up and I, and I announced publicly that for the first time in 32 years, I was going to allow my sermons to be on uh, the radio. I'd never allowed them on television or the radio for 32 years. And I said, I'm going to allow that on, and we're going to call it Daily Hope. So you can see the, the, the parallel here. The hope you need, uh, first, the hope of the resurrection, the hope you need, Daily Hope. On Wednesday, I got up and I said, I'm starting a new series this weekend called, What Do You Do When Life Feels Hopeless? So every day I'm dealing with hope. Thursday of that week, an article came out in Christianity Today, a large magazine in America, and it said uh, Rick Warren's final frontier, taking the gospel to the last 3,000 tribes. And it's talking about taking hope to the 3,000 tribes. Friday of that week, I stood up and I felt like my chest was caving in. And Kay said, Are you, you think you're having a heart attack? I said, no, I, I think I just got bronchitis. So they, my staff took me to the doctor and they said, um, you have pneumonia. You got double pneumonia. Well, that's typical. I often get it after doing 15 services at Easter. And um, so I called up Tom Holliday, my associate pastor who's here. I said, Tom, you're going to have to preach the message this weekend. And uh, I don't want you to do the message I was going to do out of 2 Chronicles 20 on when you are facing your greatest battles. But I want you to do a message called, What to Do on the Worst Day of Your Life. And I want you to take the passage of David at Ziglag, when they go back to that city, and the city's been burned down, and the women and children have been taken hostage, and all have been killed, and I want you to do a message called, what to do on the worst day of your life, not knowing that the next day would be the worst day of my life. So I had hope, 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 preaching hope, and we didn't hear from Matthew, and I went to his house, and Kay and I were standing out in front of the house, and we were afraid of what we were might find out and the door was locked and we're waiting for the police to come and break down the door of my son's house to find the worst news of my life and Kay and I were standing in front of that um, house embracing each other sobbing sobbing and Kay reached up and she grabbed her necklace which had two words on it it was the title of her last book it said choose joy and I thought, how in the world do you do that? How do you choose joy when your heart is falling apart in a thousand pieces? I would say to you that 
after that happened, I probably received 35,000 letters of condolences from people around the world. But the ones that meant the most to me weren't from kings and queens and prime ministers and rock stars. The ones that meant the most to me came from people that Matthew had led to faith in Christ. And I remember writing in my journal that day, in God's garden of grace, even broken trees bear fruit. Now here's the little dirty secret, we're all broken. We are all broken trees, and yet we still find a way to bring forth fruit. There's a way to still finish and fulfill our purpose and our destiny, no matter how hard it gets, no matter how difficult the circumstances. And yes, there's a lot of situations, a lot of circumstances, a lot of things that happen that are against us. There are people who may stand against us. We have enemies. We might have uh, setbacks in our lives that that are the very setbacks themselves are speaking loudly to us. In other words, they're saying, you're not going to make it. It's not going to happen. Uh, it's going to fail. It's all coming down. You might have um, people around you who are negatively speaking over you. You could be surrounded by Job's comforters telling you, you must have done something wrong. You missed it somewhere and, you know, repent and <laughs> and uh, and give up this foolishness. Or you might be married to a wife like Job who she just said, why don't you just curse God and die? My Lord, that that was uh, that was quite a an encouraging statement. I want to challenge you today that the worst opposition that you will face won't come from outside. It won't come from people. It won't even come from circumstances. But it'll come from inside you. It, it's that little voice on the inside that rises up. And because it's you talking, you, you, we just tend to believe it and take it at face value. And when the voice inside of us talks about failing and failure and, and this is it, this is over, the, the, this is the end. When you start hearing that voice, listening to that voice, believing that voice, forming your attitudes and actions around that inner voice, it completely sets you up for a failure. David learned this too. Again, thinking about Ziklag and all the other things that David went through, David had much opposition, but I want you to I want you to see a, a secret that David found. I, I think he might have found this in the quietness and stillness of the wilderness when he was a young shepherd boy, and the discipline and practice of this went with him through his adult life as he faced many enemies, and the worst of which were the inner voices that would try to convince him to quit. In Psalm 42 and 3, David says, day and night my tears keep falling and my heart keeps crying for your help. There's a person who's just yearning and longing for, for the victory, longing for the breakthrough, longing for God's help. And it says, my enemies mock me over and over saying, see that your enemies, you know, your enemies by what they're saying. And they're saying, where is this God of yours? Why doesn't he help you? Now, th now think about that. They, they're asking a question, where is your God and why doesn't he help you? But the reason these are 
these are to be viewed as enemies is because they're trying to sow the seeds of doubt, more confusion, more question, and more fear into your life. You need to surround yourself with people who will speak faith in the dark, who will speak encouragement in the face of tremendous setback. Here's what David learned. He said, so I speak over my heartbroken soul. Take courage. Remember when you used to be right out front leading the procession of praise when the great crowd of worshipers gathered to go into the presence of the Lord. David is reflecting back, but but I want you to notice that phrase there at the beginning, I speak over my heartbroken soul. If you'll notice when your heart is broken, your heart speaks to you. Your heart speaks of your brokenness. Your heart speaks of the betrayal and the negativity and the hurt and the and the and the all the, the the stuff that that is whispering into your heart telling you that you're not going to make it God's forsaken you that that you, you're not going to succeed you're not going to be able to finish there's no point going on and you say well what's the answer to that well rather than letting your circumstances and your broken heart speak to you You have to reach down into your spirit, the real you, the the part of you created in God's image, built and fashioned by his hand and designed to live and move in and through the truth. And rather than letting your heartbroken soul talk to you, you have to talk to your heartbroken soul. You have to talk to yourself. You know, the Bible says in Proverbs that as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. I've come to realize it's not the circumstances. It's not the people. It's not the situation that defines my lot in life, does not define how I'm going to finish and even where I'm going to finish. The most important voice in my life is the voice that comes from within. And I have to encourage myself in the Lord. I have to hear what God is saying about me and about my situation, about my circumstances. I have to clear away the brokenness, the hurt, the disappointment, the failure. I have to push that all away and I have to hear what the Lord is saying to me. And then I have to talk to myself in those terms. Because if I let my disappointment speak to me, my disappointment will bring me down even lower because my my thinking will be in the vein of an agreement or an alignment with the negative circumstances. But I'm called to be in an agreement and alignment with the word and the will of God. And so uh, this is where talking to yourself and I'm not talking about the, the kind that, you know, is delusional or, or that people uh, raise their eyebrows. I'm talking about the kind that the, the kind of thinking that's based on the word and the will of God, where your beliefs are not in the circumstances. The belief is not in my brokenness. The belief is in God's promise. And you see, that's how I know you can finish strong. 
And if you're in a business situation, you say, well, how does that relate? Because I'm in a, I'm in a secular world trying to fight my way through and finish my course and, and, and do this and, and, and get to a place where I can, can say there I have finished. But see, even in every aspect of your life, be it secular or spiritual, it has to come from a sound center. And the center of your life has to be based on what is rooted and grounded in the truth because it's in the truth that we get set free. We get set free from our brokenheartedness. We get set free from our disappointments. We get set free from our setbacks. I don't think there could be much of a greater setback than what Pastor Warren experienced with the death of his son. But I want to tell you that even in that He has come back with a resolve. He is helping people. He is speaking and sowing and serving people who are struggling like his son with mental illness. In years past, that was a taboo subject. You you, you didn't talk about mental illness. You didn't talk about that your brain could be broken, that that you could be suffering like that because all, all... most all of Christianity resolved that aspect that it had to be purely a a demonic thing. You know, your liver could go bad, but not your brain. That's the devil. But we're realizing that there, there are real neuroscience facts that prove that the brain is affected and, and directed by the very thoughts and by the very decisions and by the very way that we approach things and that your brain can be changed. That's why we're challenged to renew our mind, not to be conformed to the pressures and the, and the culture, but to be transformed by a re- renewed mind because most of what's plaguing you and I and the world today is a is a breakdown within our own soul and that's the soul beginning and dictating and defining our reality instead of the revelation of who we are in Christ Jesus and living our life out finishing our life out based on the truth of God the will of God the word of God so yes you must talk to yourself Something's going to talk to you. People are going to talk to you. Circumstances are going to talk to you. Everything is shouting your direction. But the, but the real challenge is what are you saying to yourself about your life, about your situation? Because it's what you say about it that will carry the final outcome. Even God gives you the ability to choose life or to choose death. He encourages you to choose life because it will cause you and your seed to live. But he leaves the decision. He leaves the freedom with you because you have been created as a free moral agent to make the choices, to choose what you think about, to choose how you speak, to choose how you view things. And how you do that determines the level of your fulfillment, your peace, your joy, your satisfaction, yes, even your life. This is Mike Hendon. 
thanking you today for staying with me. I, I pray that you will be encouraged today to think about your thinking. Think about what's been going on. Is your, is your mind free and clear to think God's thoughts, dream with God, believe with God? Or is your mind a toxic waste dump where you keep telling yourself the worst is coming, the worst is happening, the worst, it couldn't get any worse. If anything else happens, I can't. If, if those are the thoughts of your life, you need to stop. You need to reassess. And you need to let God touch you, renew your thoughts, renew your mind, renew your soul, and then finish strong. Thank you for listening today to Finishing Strong. Please help us by sharing with your friends. Until next time, remember, it's not how you started that matters. It's how you finish. Finish strong.